0: Are we all? I'm good. I'm enjoying life. Not the hot weather that's coming tomorrow, but I'm enjoying life. Can you believe it? If you think about it, we're already into the second week of a brand new year. I feel like I feel like we just had Christmas. I feel like I just sat down with family and ate, and we ate, and then we spoke, and then we ate, and then we spoke, and then we ate, and then we ate. And then the following day, Boxing Day, we ate what was left over that we didn't eat on Christmas Day. And then it was New Year's, and here we are. We're into the second week already. And if that's any indication, obviously 2016's going to fly, isn't it? I mean, when you think about it, who would have thought? When you know, if I w- went back to when I turned 21, all the way back in <laughs> 1991. I didn't think of the year 2000, let alone the year 2010, let alone the year 2015 or 2016 for that matter. You know? And for those of you that are a tad older than me, I imagine that 2016 wasn't on your radar somewhere in amongst your lives. You know? The years just fly, absolutely fly. But anyway, before you know it, it'll be Christmas again. And uh, we'll, have the Chris- <laughs> we'll have the Christmas tree back up and it'll be on for young and old. Last week, for those that weren't here, Trev spoke last week, uh, and I really enjoyed his message. And during his message, there were some great points that were filtered all the way through. But for me, there was one particular line that was a standout, a particular line that just resonated with me. And that line, I was speaking to him about it yesterday, and I even wrote it down. But it was when he was talking about how he pursued Adria, you know, that he had so much love for her that he chased her down. That even when she went away, he jumped on a plane to surprise her, meeting family members that he'd never met because he was pursuing her. His passion was so vibrant and alive. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember those days, that vibrancy in life? But he stopped and he posed this question. He said, you know, God has that same, actually greater love for you and I. He goes, but when are we? When are you? When am I? going to actually stop and allow him to catch us because he's pursued us since the beginning of time since the moment that he cried out Adam where are you he's pursued us from the moment that the plan was was all laid out and the baby Jesus came he pursued us so when are we actually going to stop and allow him to catch us that was a brilliant just a brilliant thought it's a, it's, a, it's a brilliant thought because in, in it, there's, a, there's an unspoken surrender, isn't there? An unspoken surrender. It's a yielding to God, a crying out to him saying, okay, God, you've got me. You've, you've got me. I, I'm yours. I'm all of yours. There's this unspoken surrender. It's where you cry out, you know, Lord, no longer I, but you. You know, less of me and more of you. It's, it's one of those things. And I think as we think about how quickly 2016 is already moving, that this year's got to be a year that we go further and beyond last year, don't we? Like we do. Like really we should. You know, the difference between a lot of people is this. We should desire within ourselves to better ourselves. Not from doing, just by being who we are in Jesus. Every year we should desire to be more like Christ, yeah? There should be a going beyond. A going deeper. And I would hope that this year that would happen, you know, we would go further and deeper in our faith, that it would happen quicker. There should be a desire for all of us, amen? A year of surrender. To surrender to Jesus like never before. Because at the end of the day, that's, that's what's going to position you and I for life, I reckon. Yeah, Not our jobs, not our bank accounts, not the size of our homes, not our cars, not our good-looking wives, not your good-looking, stunning husbands. Those aren't the things that position you. But surrendering to him positions you. So today, today, I want to look at it. what's keeping you and me, what's keeping us from stepping into our tomorrow? What's keeping us stuck in our yesterday? What's keeping us stuck where we shouldn't be? I want to look at what's stopping us from stepping into our promised land, into our destiny and all that God's purposed for us. So, hey, prayer is a good thing. Who knows that? So let's pray. Father, we just ask that you would have your way, that you would speak life and love and unity and freshness, that you would illuminate, that you would reveal great truth, that as we step into tomorrow, as we look to 2016, Father, that we would have, Lord, what we need within us, Lord, to conquer all. That we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. That, Father, we in this place, Lord, would change the atmosphere in the community around us, we pray. Amen. So I want to look at Moses and Joshua. It's really interesting because I was looking through some old notes and two years ago, uh, roughly the same time, I used the same scripture two years ago but it's so significantly different to what I'm sharing today. It's just uncanny how God takes you on a journey, yeah? And he does that. That's why I love the word. You read the word today and God speaks something, and you read the same passage in six months' time or a year time or in 10 years' time, and you read it again, and something brand new is illuminated. Do you love it when God does that? It's so much fun when he does that. So we want to look at Moses and Joshua. Now, here's two of Israel's great leaders yet they are completely different. Two completely different men, yet God used them exactly how he needed to, amen? So, if you've got your Bibles, Joshua 1, verse 1 to 3 is where we're going to read. Joshua 1, verses 1 to 3. We're going to have a bit of... Well, I'm going to have a bit of fun today. I'm hoping that I can bring a word that will propel us into being more like Jesus, but I'm going to bring a word that I think well, I know for me, when I wrote it, when God spoke to me about it, challenged me and some of the things and areas in my life. So in that, I'm assuming that God's going to challenge people while at the same time propelling people into all that he has for them, amen? So Joshua 1, verses 1 to 3. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people, Get ready to cross the Jordan River into land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as Moses promised. What are three verses? Really short. But it's so rich in truth. Like it's fabulously actually rich in truth. Because what's happening so far, we know that Moses, God calls Moses. He sees the burning bush. He goes through all of the, the bits and pieces And he grabs the children of Israel and he drags them out of Egypt, yeah? He's doing his very best to bring them out of slavery and take them to the land that was promised, the promised land, amen? We know that. We know that's what's happening. But they never got to the promised land, did they? They never got there with Moses. They just didn't. In fact, they wandered for 40 years, they wandered for just about the entirety of my current life. That's how long they just aimlessly wandered about. 40 years. Like, that's outstanding. I mean, they strolled around for so long that a whole generation died. And then we just read in that scripture that God says to, to Joshua, Moses is dead. So we know that Moses died. And if you know any of the scripture at all, not from that particular passage, but if you're reading it through Exodus and stuff, we know that Joshua ends up burying Moses. And so Moses brings them out, doesn't get them there. Moses dies, Joshua raises up because God's chosen him. And then he takes the people to where Moses could never take them, into the promised land into their destiny. And so finally, they step into that place that was promised all those years before. That's a quick summary. I'll give you a quicker summary, a two-line summary. Moses brought the people out of Egypt, but it took Joshua to bring them into the promised land. You've got to get this. Moses brought them out of Egypt, but it took Joshua to bring them into the promised land. So this is important because Moses actually helps the people out of slavery only to keep them in slavery while they're wandering aimlessly. They were still slaves. For 40 years, they were still slaves. He brings them out of slavery into another type of slavery. They were trapped. And I've got this question for us as we look into 2016. How many of us have Moses' people in our lives when we should have Joshua people in our lives. How many of us, you think about the worship today, I'm going to lift Jesus higher and God really pressed on me and I was having a little moment with God and I shared with you to say, put Jesus in that place, whatever it is for you that you're struggling with at the moment. And we all have struggles. We all have struggles. We all have struggles different places of our lives. So it could be emotionally, it could be financially, whatever it might be. And I said, lift Jesus higher in that place. How many of us have got Moses people in our lives and we're stuck in this conundrum of struggle when we should have Joshua people bringing us into our promised land? See, Moses people keep you looking back. They keep you wandering. They keep you strolling. You're stuck in your despair, your anguish, your brokenness, your strife, your offence. You always seem to be looking back. You know, the leek and the garlic was really good in Egypt, wasn't it? They never seem, these Moses people never seem to really help you out of that place that you're trying to leave. They start you on the journey, but they never get you out. See, there's a reason that only Joshua could bring them into the promised land. God had a plan and, and a purpose, and there's a reason. I'm going to share that, but not yet. That's <laughs> my little secret for the moment, yeah? There's a reason that it took Joshua to do it. So Joshua people will help you. They'll stop you looking back, and they'll help you grab hold of all that God has for you today. That's what a Joshua person does. You know, And it was Joshua who helped the people cross over, the Scripture says. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan into the land. It was Joshua who helped them cross over. And as they crossed over, doors closed. As they crossed over, they left the past behind. Yeah, It was as they crossed over that finally slavery was behind them that finally all of their hang-ups and hiccups and all of that past was finally left behind them when they crossed over. And crossing over requires a change. It required a change for them. And if we're going to step into 2016 and be a different people, it's going to require a change. See, it's prophetic. They're, They're stepping into their destiny. They're stepping into God's plan and God's purpose for them. You know, they crossed over and they closed the door on slavery once and for all. So here's a question. What are you and I still slaves to? Really? What are we still slaves to? We've said yes to Jesus. He's the great deliverer of our lives. He's our saviour and our king. Yeah? Yet, Christians everywhere, in this room, in churches, in this country... Overseas are still slaves, slaves to anxiety, to worry, slaves to depression, to anger, to fear, to jealousy, general addictions, drugs, alcohol, pornography, still slaves. And we struggle and we struggle and we struggle and we know that we shouldn't struggle because we have Jesus in our life but we just seem stuck. It seems a lot like the children of Israel just walking around the desert for 40 years, doesn't it? Stuck. So maybe, just maybe, like the children of Israel and this is for free, yeah? We need Joshua people in our lives. Maybe, just maybe, we need Joshua people in our lives so we can close the door on slavery. Maybe, just maybe, we need Joshua people in our lives so like the children of Israel, we can finally close the door on the very things that we're stuck in. Yeah, And you know what the beauty is? These Joshua people, they're sitting all around you. They're sitting in this place right now. They're in the friendship groups that you go to. In fact, they're in the friendship groups that you don't go to. Yeah. 2016's all about together. And so we're going to continue to talk about friendship groups. The very people that you need to get you out of where you're at into your promised land are sitting in friendship groups around Mount Clear and Bunning Yong and other places here at Mount Clear Church. For those that belong to Mount Clear Church. These are the people that will help you close the door on the past, that will point you to the promise and will walk with you and journey with you to your promised land. See, if you're spending time, let's just say you've got an offence, whatever the offence is, it doesn't matter what the offence is. And you've got an offence and you spend time constantly with the same people. They're your friends, they're your buddies, they're your pals, it's all good. yeah. I'm not saying that it's not good. Hear me, hear my heart. But when you finish, You still have that offence. You're still carrying that thing. You're still a slave to that stuff. Well, maybe they're Moses people and you need to look for some Joshua's. Yeah? They helped you on the journey. They helped you come out of slavery and you realize what you were caught in. I need Jesus. But they just haven't been able to help you to cross over. So the people that you spend time with, the Joshua people, should be pointing you back to Jesus all the time. All the time. Someone might come to me in relation to finances and share their struggle in finance. Now, I'm no financial wizard, I can tell you that. But what I have is Jesus. So I'll point them back to Jesus. And I'll give them hope in Jesus. Yeah? So that's what a Joshua person does. Oh, I was spending time with this person. I noticed that this person was acting like that. Oh, I don't know about that. Yeah, I know. I noticed that too. That's not a Joshua person. A Joshua person goes, yeah, I didn't pick that up myself. Why don't we pray about it? Let's pray for that person then. Because they keep pointing you back to Jesus and lifting you up so you don't get stuck where you're at. You know, you might be sharing about an addiction. They don't get behind you just to pat you on the back and go, yeah, it must be tough. They go, well, look, I might not have the answers, but hey, let's go to God about it. Let me journey with you. When you're struggling with that, give me a call and we'll work it out somehow. That's a Joshua person. They take you into the promised land. Amen? Don't get me wrong. Only Moses could have done what Moses did. Only Moses could have brought the children of Israel out of Egypt. Only Moses could have got the words from God that fill up the first five books of this, beautiful, you know, of this beautiful Bible. Only Moses could have done that. He was the man. But to step into the promised land, they needed somebody different. Yeah. To step into what God has for you in 2016, maybe you need somebody different. How do you want your 2016 to look? How do you want your faith to look this year? I mean, they wandered for 40 years. Oh, my God, Zilla. 40 years. I was sharing with Trev recently, yesterday, probably, Samuel was riding his bike up and down our court, and so I jumped on Mel's bike, because mine's got a flat (laughs) tyre. As usual, he says, like, (laughs) I can't wait to get home. Anyway, so I jump on Mel's bike, and I ride up with him. He goes, come on, Dad, come back down, because the court goes down ways. And you got to go, if you follow him, you've got to go onto the, the grass, because there's no footpaths, and it's all like this, you know. And until you're, you're doing skids, you're nearly falling off. And so I did it. Then I went back up the hill. I thought, wow, it's really hard getting back up the hill. Now, this thing's got 21 gears. I put it on the lowest gear, and it's like I'm still not moving. I'm still not moving. And I I did it again, and then I did it again. I did it three times. By the third time, I go, Samuel, I'm out of here. Straight back up the driveway, walked inside the house, and Mel looks at me, and I'm like, they walked around for 40 years. Could you imagine that? I didn't even make around the court three times in 10 minutes. 40 years. And they would have been so sunburned. There was no 50 plus then. No 30. There wasn't even 2 plus coconut oil at Williamstown Beach with all the other Italians and Greeks. They didn't have that stuff. 40 years. You know, some of us have been living life aimlessly for 5 years, 10 years, 40 years, 60 years. Aimlessly. Wandering through the desert but never reaching our full potential or our promise. And I reckon if we're to be honest, if we're to be transparent people, have you ever felt like you just don't have the answers for your life? Seriously. You ever sat there and you just thought, man, I just just wish I had some answers. I just wish I knew. I just wish... I was as confident or things just fell my way like that person. I just don't know. I don't understand. It just might be me. Yeah? We feel like we're doing the same thing. We're getting the same results. We're feeling the same way. And we get tired. Maybe we need some Joshua people in our lives to help our joy be complete so we can cross over, you know, in 2016 and close some doors. You know, two weeks ago I shared about the joy set before Jesus. He endured, he went forward, he did. And that joy was us, a relationship with us. And part of that joy is seeing us live as he and the Father and the Holy Spirit, how the Trinity have intended for us to live. There's an excitement. You know, when I see my son do stuff that, I've always hoped for there's an excitement, yeah? You know, when he's not fulfilling all of that, it's not a disappointment, but it's like, come on, there's more. And it's like that with God. There's a joy when we're fulfilling the purposes and plans that he's placed on our life. And there's no joy in Egypt. No joy in Egypt. But the joy before us, the relationship with Papa, with each other, is in our promised land. In fact, it is our promised land. And it's hard enough, really, to step into our promised land. I think, anyway. The children of Israel found it pretty tough, didn't they? I mean, 40 years they struggled. They couldn't do it. And that's why I really like that statement that Trevor made, when are you going to stop? Because it involves surrender. It involves surrendering to Father God, to Papa, to Daddy, It involves separation, a separation from the stuff that stops us moving forward. It involves leaving some stuff behind. That's why what he said was so good. When are we going to stop to let God catch us? When are we going to surrender and say, okay, daddy, you got me. I'm yours. What's next? What do you want me to do today? Anyway, let's go back to Joshua and Moses for a minute. I want to read verse 1 and 2 again. After the death of Moses, after the death yeah, of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aide, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. So Joshua 1 starts with death. What a way to start a, you know, a book. I guess that's where all the blockbuster movies have learnt from the Bible. You know, they start with death and then they've got, you All right, how did that happen? You know, the book starts with death. The first thing we read is about death. And there's one thing I know about death is that it doesn't surprise God. It doesn't scare God. In fact, death was the answer to deal with our sin, wasn't it? So it's not a surprise and it's not scary for God. So the first thing we we see and we read is death. But the second thing we read and see is that God speaks straight after death. Because it it reads here, it says, After the death of Moses, a servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua. So after the death, then God speaks and he speaks to Joshua a brand new word. He speaks to Joshua a brand new word. See, the reality is that many of us have got things in our life that for years for years, it felt like they're dying. And so we try to resuscitate this baby. We try to bring it back to life. All the while, Father God is waiting for it to die so that he can speak a new word into your life. We're stuck in despair, stuck in hopelessness, stuck in doubt. And to make things worse, we spend time with Moses' people that keep us wandering aimlessly and never let us put to death the very thing that God's waiting for to die. Yeah? See, when you and I feel like something's dying in our life, it's not a time to give up. It's not a time to mourn. It's a time to get ready because God's about to speak something new. And I want to suggest that the reason some of us at times feel like we don't hear God is because there's stuff in our life that has to die. Yeah, In 2016, maybe there's some stuff that we finally need to cross over and let die so that God can speak something new into our lives. It's the Joshua people that will help you cross over. It's the Joshua people that will help you close the doors. It's the Joshua people that will help you leave the past behind. It's the Joshua people that will help you step into the promised land. And in fact, it's the Joshua people that help us into a place and space where God wants to speak a new word for you today for tomorrow. Yeah? But something has to die. Death has to come. That's why it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. The old life is, is it put on hold? It's not put on hold. The old life is gone because something must die and then the new will come. There's a death. After a death, there's a new word. With the new word, there's a new season. There's a stepping into the promised land. You know what? There is no resurrection without the cross. I find it interesting that God tells Moses, uh, tells Joshua that Moses is dead. Seriously, he's God. He's got to know that Joshua knows. Yeah? Like he's got to know that Joshua knows. Because I, I reckon in my head that it would have gone something along these, li- these lines. It would have gone, hey Joshua, Moses is dead. And Joshua would have said, duh God, hey hello, I actually buried the bloke. I know he's dead, what are you telling me for? Well, it's because Joshua I've got a new word for you and I need you to listen and to get ready. See, what God was doing, he wasn't speaking a word of, in, of information, but he was speaking a word of instruction. He was speaking a word that was about to bring life and promotion, speaking a word that was going to change the destiny, not just of Joshua, but of the people. But it came after death. And so God says, Here's a new word, it's coming, Joshua, and you're going to love it. I'm so excited because once you hear this word for the joy set before you, you're going to go with the people and you're going to make it into the promised land. See, when daddy comes to our life and says, Hey, that thing, man, it's dead. Let it go. It's dead. Don't mourn it. Don't grab hold of it. Don't try to resuscitate it. Don't let the Moses people in your life try to keep it alive. Let it go because God wants to speak a new word for you. But will you let him? Something's got to die. Will the people in your life for 2016, will they be Moses people? Or will they be Joshua people? It's your 2016. It's your tomorrow. That passage of Scripture in Joshua 1, verses 2 to 3, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people, get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give to them. I will give you every place where you set your foot. There's some truth here. God goes on to say, you and all these people, all, 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 all. Go say it five times fast. Go and try it. All, 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 all. Like, it's a word that you don't even get tongue-tied. All, 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 all. It's like other words you get tongue-tied, but not with that. It's all these people. It's inclusive. It's relationship. It's family. It's intimate. It's together. You and all these people. See, often when God speaks to us, He speaks to us for something to come through us for those around us. If you ever take a note today, write that down. Often when God speaks to us, he speaks to us for something to come through us for those around us. That's how it works. It starts with death. And God says, hey, Moses is dead. There's death. Now, because of death, God speaks a new word. The new word, Joshua gets the new word and involves everyone. That's why this scripture makes so sense in John chapter 12, verse 24. It says, Very truly, I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. Yeah, There has to be a death. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Hey, Moses is dead, but Joshua, I've got a word for you, and it's for you and all these people. Oh, look at that. I can't... Do you mean the Old Testament and the New Testament? Actually... Do you mean they collaborate together? Do you mean they don't contradict each other? Oh, my goodness, shock, horror, no. Could it be that the Bible's the infallible word of God and he had a plan from the beginning, from Genesis all the way through to maps? No way. How good is our God? Jesus himself in that scripture in John is showing us how it works to experience family to experience together, there are some things in our lives that have to die, or we'll just abide alone. Yeah, we'll just abide alone. And we were never meant to journey alone. That's not how Papa planned it. That's why, Father God, this is the oh, this is so good. This is why God had to change leaders. This is why he, Moses had to die for Joshua to come, because. Moses was God's man, definitely, but Moses was a loner. Moses was the man, and he did things himself. That's who he was. But they needed that to to bring the children of Israel out of Egypt. They needed that type of a person. And think about it. We know the scripture. He was doing all the work all by himself. And that's why we read in Exodus 18 where his father-in-law, Jethro, comes and says, Dude, don't be so stupid. You can't do it all by yourself. You've got to get others involved. Isn't that what the scripture says? See, God needed a leader that could be family. Even in the Old Testament, God's showing us what we've been learning in this church for the last 12 months. He needed a leader who could do family. He needed a leader that could do things with others. Yeah, You and all these people. Everything to do with daddy has and will always be about family, about community, about together. You know, let's have a look at Numbers 27. Let's do a little bit of a jump. Numbers 27, verse 15. Then Moses said to the Lord, O Lord, you are the God who gives breath to all creatures. Please appoint a new man as leader for the community. Give them someone who will guide them wherever they go and will lead them into battle. So the community, again, to the Lord, will not be like sheep without a shepherd. The Lord replied, Take Joshua, son of Nun, who has the spirit in him, and lay your hands on him. Community. Guide them. Lead them. Basically, it's saying, give us a leader that will care for the people. Give us a leader that will care for community. There's a, a rabbi, Rabbi Solomon Ben-Isaac. He's known as Rashi. I'm probably not pronouncing that right. He was alive between uh, 1040 and 1105. That's when he was alive. And he's probably the most widely read Jewish commentator. Yeah? Now, that scripture that I just read, this is what he says about it. The mind of each individual Israelite is clear and known to you. And the various minds are all different. Appoint a leader over them. So he's translating it as if, you know, the whole thing that's happening with Moses and God. Appoint a leader over them who has the capacity to be patient with each of them in accordance with his unique mindset and opinion. That's what he writes. And I know it's a lot of words. But given to that, when Moses is asking for a new leader, What he's actually asking for in that passage of Scripture is for that leader to be a man of the people, for that leader to be a man who will be known by every person, a man who will lead the community, love the community, and keep the community. See, Moses was singular, but Joshua, in his leadership, is partnership and his family, and his relational. God was showing us in the Old Testament, when he changed those two leaders, he was showing us that you can't get anywhere unless you do it with someone else. You can't get anywhere unless you're doing it in relationship, in partnership with someone. So much so that Moses was the man, I spoke to him directly, but hey, I'm going to bring you someone else, it's going to be one of you, and he's going to lead all of us together. Because you've got to do it in family. You've got to do it in relationship. That's why it's so important to get Joshua people in your life. Moses people are good. They'll bring you out. They'll get you started. But sometimes they just keep you there. And you're just stuck. Yeah? I don't feel like I've got any friends. But you're catching up with the same person every, you know, every couple of weeks. There's just no one there for me. Maybe you need some Joshua people in your life to speak life. Amen? Amen? You know, why did I share that section there? Why did I share that? It's to show you that now and then and always and will always be about relationships. I mean, the Old Testament, God was moving and changing and emphasizing relationship. The Old Testament supports the New Testament again. I can't believe it. I'm gobsmacked. (laughs) Father God appointed a person that could journey with the people. Now, I don't know about... You, but to me, it's obvious. Our faith is personal. But it was never meant to be private. It was never meant to be private. God chooses this new leader based on a relationship and then he tells him to get ready. So for you and I, are we ready for what God wants to say? Really, for 2016, are you ready for what God wants to say to you to do through you for those around you? Are you ready for that? See, the promise... That God gave. This is this is where Christian church everywhere has to grab hold of this. The promise was for all of them. It was for the whole community, yeah? It was for the entire community. But you've got to catch this, because then God says, after he says, Listen, you and all these people get ready. And then he says to Joshua, where you step, where you step, I will give you. The promise is for all of you, but where you step, I will give you. See, if you leave behind what's dead and dying and then listen to what God says to you, he wants to do something in you and through you. And that word that he has for you, the word that he has for Alan, for Sally, for Claude, the word that he has for you, for Franco, the word that he has for you isn't just for you. It's actually for those around you as well. This is the brilliant, you live in it, you grab it, God blesses you, but it's for those in your community. It's for those around you as well. See, the word he gives you is for you, for you, for you, but for everyone else, the promise was for all of them. And it was Joshua who stepped. It was Joshua who stepped into the promised land and the children of Israel celebrated as they received the promise. Amen? So will you step into what God has for you and others around you? That's why I said two weeks ago when we read in 2 John 1-2 that it was was that passage of scripture that's written when when John says, listen, I can't wait to see you face to face. Yeah, do you remember this? I can't wait to see you face to face. I can't wait, Marion, until we spend time face to face because in that meeting, our joy will be complete. In that meeting, our joy will be complete. Well, why will it be complete? I'm glad you asked. Because when we meet together, when we make the choice to be vulnerable, when we make the choice to be vulnerable with one another, remember, choice is not chances determine your destiny. Yeah? Choice is not chances determine your destiny. So when you make the choice to be vulnerable, right? as we do that, as we talk to one another, as we share our struggles, but more so as we start to share the word that God has for me, all of a sudden, you're, I'm helping you step into your promised land. No wonder why our joy is complete. So when I'm sitting with you, if I'm sitting with Rob and Rob starts to share with me the very things that God's doing in his life, the new word that God has for him and that wants to do in him, as as Rob shares that with me, he's helping me step into my promised land because what God has for you is for you to come through you for those around you. I mean, I don't know about you, but that's really good stuff if you can get hold of it. Why aren't I experiencing any victory? Well, maybe you need to hang out with some people face to face so that your joy will be complete. Well, I'm spending time with them, but I'm just stuck. I just feel like I'm stuck in this place. I've been stuck here forever. Maybe they're Moses people. Maybe you need to spend time with them, but maybe you need to upgrade some of the people too. Maybe people that can point you back to Jesus, help you along the path, not say, I understand, yes, I can see exactly why you're offended. No wonder why you're offended. I'd be offended at that too. That's not a Joshua person. The Joshua person goes, you're offended by that? Oh my goodness. Let's pray about it and ask the Lord to get rid of it. Yeah, come on. Man, we'd have less arguments within our own families, within the church communities, yeah? promise is for the whole community but as you step into it it'll be given you don't leave the other person wandering in the wilderness, you're actually helping them reach Papa and you're helping him to reach the purpose and the destiny that he's promised them but we've got to do the stepping and the truth is if we're not stepping into what God is speaking to us then there are things that the rest of us the community we're going to miss out on that's, that's sad, isn't it? Really. If we're not stepping into it, there are people around us that are going to miss out on some of the things that are promised for their life. And that's sad. Why don't we stand? 2016 is important. Andrew, can I have the keys, please? Is that okay if you're there? Thank you. To reiterate what Trevor said last week, God loves you so much. When will you stop to let Him catch you? When will you surrender? When will you finally surrender some of the stuff in your life that you've been holding on to, trying to resuscitate, that God's just waiting to die, waiting for that thing to die? When will you separate yourself from those things? So that he can speak a new word, for you, to work through you, for those around you, to step into the promised land. Sometimes we just need to be encouraged, don't we? Sometimes we just need the right person to speak the right word, not to come around us and pat us on the back and show us great empathy. Sometimes, Joshua person needs a bit more than that. They need to go to battle with you. Yeah? He had to guide the community and he had to lead them into battle. And a Joshua person will lead you into battle to make sure you get into your promised land. I'm tired of not stepping into my promised land. 2016 is a year that we will continue to build in this house. Spiritually in this house, some would say that spiritually we are exceptionally healthy at the moment. But during our worship today, I declared, I'm, I vowed and I'm, I decreed to the Lord that we will not stop, that we will continue to worship and pursue Him, yeah, that we will keep going, that we will go deeper, and that we would do things together. I made a stand for me and my family. I made a stand for our church, for our community. See, it's a time to cross over. For you and I, it's a time to cross over. Why don't we just all close our eyes just for a moment. I think God wants to speak to some people. He's the hope that's inside us and it's his love that will always find us. We need to lift Jesus up into some areas of our life. Hey God, I've been struggling in my relationship. I need you in this place. Lord, help me put to death the arguments Help me put to death the disagreements. Help me put to death the very thing that's causing the turmoil so that we can step into the promised land in our relationship. Lord, we bring forth our our finances, God. I've struggled in that area for so long. Let's pray about that. Let's step into tomorrow. Yes, we've got debt. We've got debt. But Lord, we want to put to death the hole that that debt has so that we can believe and step into our promised land. It's time to do life together. For some of us, we are so busy in our everyday life doing our thing, which is okay. But so busy that sometimes we don't have the opportunity to do life with those around us. We don't have the opportunity to do life in community. We don't have the opportunity just to sit with one another face to face, where our joy will be complete. And we wonder why 2015 was such a struggle. It's time to cross over. It's time to cross over. Some of us in this place right now, it's time to cross over. This altar is going to be open. And I want you to imagine this. If that's you in any area of your life that you think, man, I'm just, I just, I can't, I feel like I'm still there. I came to Jesus. It should be right. I want you to imagine crossing over. I want you to imagine the seas that have parted. I want you to imagine walking as if it's on dry ground into the promised land that God has for you. Some of you have dreamed it your whole life. And you struggle to step out of your seat sometimes and say, God, I'm going to give it to you. But God's there all the time, waiting. It's time to cross over. And you know the person on your left and the person on your right, the person behind you and in front of you, some of the people that are away holidaying at the moment, they're counting on you. They're counting on you to cross over. Because when that thing in your life is put to death and God speaks a new word to you, to work through you, it's for them that are around you. It's your responsibility, church. It's your responsibility to cross over for those that are beside you, to help them reach their promised land. It's not up to the pastor or the elders or the worship team or any church that's in Ballarat. It's up to you. You are responsible. You are the people that God is speaking to. You are His children that He wants to step into the promised land. It's time in 2016 to cross over. It's time to let some stuff go. It's time to put those old words that were spoken over your life behind you. And it's time to grab hold of what God has for you tomorrow. Don't hold it and don't mourn it. Hear and listen what Papa wants to say to you today. And then get ready. Get ready, get ready, get ready, because 2016 is a year of together. And if the... Sally, can the worship team sing? Be lifted up. While I play this song, the altar's open. And I'm going to encourage you to come forward and to imagine crossing over. And, and this is I'm going to share this with the worship team as well. If that's you, then you put down your instrument, you put down your microphone, and we'll make do however we have to make do. If you need to cross over and step into what God has for you in 2016, then you put down what you're doing and you step into His presence. Because there's more. If you had a great year in 2015, there's more when you cross over. If you had a tough year last year, there's more when you cross over. So as they play, if that's you, the altar's open for you to come forward and make your declaration and your decree with your God for tomorrow. Amen.